Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Well, I am. Tom, I'm sitting four feet to your left. Wearing a pair of shorts because it's roasting hot in Los Angeles. I just thought I'd give you a treat and let you see my legs. Lovely, lovely hairy legs. Um, it's so hot in England right now that the runway at Luton Airport melted. And they've, planes couldn't land. They've now updated that, that London has melted. Amazing. From F 40 degrees Celsius, which I think they're saying is breaking records all over the place. What's that in uh, Fahrenheit? I think it's pushing into your kind of 103, 104 type vibes. It's hot. How do you work that? I don't, I don't know if it's the right time to get into this, Dom, but I do have problems with centigrade and Fahrenheit. Right, okay, go on. Because I grew up in Germany where they do centigrade and then I had to move to the United States where they do Fahrenheit. I think I mix it up because centigrade is the one that goes from zero to 100, right? No, that's Fahrenheit. Really? Yeah, centigrade is, you know, the top of it is like 40 is roasting hot, whereas obviously in Fahrenheit, 105, 110 is really hot. So what is boiling water? 100 degrees Celsius. So that's got nothing to do with centigrade or Fahrenheit. No, Celsius. That's mm. another way of taking temperature. But isn't there a weird thing where isn't 100 degrees centigrade the yeah. same as 100 degrees Fahrenheit? There's something... This is, what I, this is what I get confused about. Someone at home can tell us about this. Water freezes at zero degrees. Celsius. Celsius. It boils at 100 degrees Celsius. So when it's 80 degrees here and it's really hot. It's not that hot, 80 degrees, but yeah, hot. Like when yeah, it's yeah. 90, 92 yeah, 90. degrees. Yeah, yeah. When that 92 gets to 100, would that boil water? That's Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. So how you much... would need the Celsius, which a hot day in Celsius yeah. is like 35. So that needs to get, that needs to, to, get to 100 before it'll boil water. Start boiling water. And I mean, I mean, if you're walking around in 100 degrees Celsius, you're dead. So it'll Celsius... boil you as well. We're almost because all water. we're 76% water. Right, right. It is confusing that thing. So Celsius is the same as centigrade. Hmm. I'm, I'm not going to say whether I know that or not. I don't. I don't think so. I have never known you to say that you didn't know something. Yeah, I don't know. I could guess. No. Well, let me guess. All right. I feel like Celsius... You send you like a snake there. Fahrenheit. I think like Celsius is a way of grading temperature of the air, whereas centigrade is a way of gauging temperature of liquid? So when liquid, when liquid becomes air... What? Uh, when liquid becomes... Like gas. evaporating, right? When it becomes gas at 100 degrees, it Celsius. then changes from Celsius to centigrade. 
Oh, so we've moved into a strange place here. Anyway, if there's anyone out there that wants to come on the show and talk to us about things like that. So here's... Here, but I yeah. also do this okay. with, with the Fahrenheit Celsius thing because in Germany they do centigrade and in the States they do Fahrenheit. I kind of know that 90 degrees Fahrenheit is uh -huh. a hot day in the same way that 30 degrees Celsius is a hot day. And then you can kind of gauge it from there. And right? see, it was freezing. Yeah. See, because do I mix up Fahrenheit and, and Celsius? Seems like you did earlier on. Because I, I like to talk when it's a hot day. I like saying it's 85. Oh, it's 90 degrees. Mm. But when it's a really cold day, I like to say it's freezing. It's zero degrees. All right, that's Celsius. Because a really cold day in Fahrenheit would be, you know, in your 40s, something like that. So I mix them up then. Yeah, you do. A hot day Fahrenheit, a cold day Celsius. All right. Hot day Fahrenheit, cold day Celsius. Hot day Fahrenheit, cold day Celsius. Would it be a meteorologist that comes on to tell us about things like that? Like a like a educated weatherman or weatherwoman? Maybe. I think that's a good idea, actually. Yeah, there's a great line in that uh, okay film with Sandra Bullock about um, her being a novelist where she asks uh, Brad Pitt, how come he's so handsome? And he says, uh, my father was a weatherman. I thought that was a great line. Because in the United States, <laughs> Uh, most weathermen are quite handsome. Whereas I don't think that's the same in Britain, is it? I mean... I don't think so. You wouldn't say Michael Fish or John Ketley was like, you know... There was a weatherman sexy. in Scotland and he won a sort of America's Got Talent, except it was the world's got weathermen. And all the weathermen of the world did a competition to what? become the weatherman in LA. And he won it. But is that... How would they... Are they grading it on his expertise with rain and moisture in the air and temperature, or is it how handsome he is? I don't know. Oh, okay. Peeling the onion. Well, mm. should we do some housekeeping? Housekeeping! housekeeping. How much fun are you to keep, keep a house so clean and true? Ooh. Dominic, I like this one. Mm, go on, you this, read it then. This was, a, this was a top Reddit comment yesterday. I love Reddit. And it was someday, and I tried to explain this to you before you came on, uh, before we came on, and you didn't quite get it. So yeah. I'm going to try and explain it better. Yeah, be succinct. So someone says, my partner wrongly thought that I'd never seen Lord of the Rings. So he wanted to do a marathon of the extended editions. Mm-hmm. But then this person thought, what can I say to him while we're watching that will really annoy him? Because he thinks I've never seen it, but I have seen it. All right. So I'll give you one, one thing here, Dom. Somebody said, uh, who's called Shira Beru 5 says, when you're watching it with your partner who thinks you've never seen it, says, as soon as someone else a new character comes on the screen and say, do they want the ring too? <laughs> yeah, I like Every that. Every time a new character comes, Elrond, does he want the ring too? Yeah, I like that. Treebeard, like does he want the ring? I mean, they all kind of want the ring, but some less so, right? That was, that was a bit nerdy. But it's true. That was though. a bit geeky. You went a bit deep there. Like Gandalf and Galadriel and these quote-unquote good people, yeah. Elrond, even Treebeard, they, kind, they all kind of are drawn to the ring, but they're aware that they shouldn't, right? Who, who's, who's the one character who's not in the movie that kind of didn't really want the ring? Didn't care. Is it Tom? Tom Bombadil. Good old Tomo. 
give us another one, Dom. Well, Nick, Nick's, Nick's a ban, Nick's a banis, Nick, Nick's a banisier hobbit. What? Is that right? Anyway. Hi, Nick. So. Said, uh, you are 100% convinced that Sam is actually a bad guy who's going to betray Frodo. <laughs> For the moment Gandalf catches his spine, you've got a really bad feeling about him. That's a good one. Oh, he's the bad one. He's, be careful he's a, of him. As soon as I saw him, I knew he's going to be a baddie. You could switch it as well. You could be like, I like that golem. He's yeah, he's, seen, he's going to he's going to save the day. Which in a way, in some ways, he did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I tell you what, Scratchy Ballsack said. Oh yeah, hot weather. Scratchy Ballsack said, "Is this a spin-off from those Hobbit movies?" Kind of. That would annoy a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's good. Anyone else have something good that you could say to pretend you've never seen the movies if you were watching it with someone? What is something funny? That you could see. Yeah, send, send, send it suggestions. to us to friendshiponion at castmedia.com. That's cast with a K. Yeah, we'll put all the information as to how to get in touch with us in the show notes because I forget now that I'm getting old. Oh, I, I, I know everything. Uh, if you want to get the merchandise, which is fantastic, by the way, yeah, it I makes love you the very hoodies. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Love the hoodies. I was just drinking a coffee from the mug today. Oh, nice. And it, it tasted good. Yeah, nice. Uh, then you can get that at thefriendshiponionpodcast.com. You can leave a voicemail yep. at speakpipe.com forward slash thefriendshiponion. Oh, wow, you're good. We also have a YouTube channel, which is The Friendship Onion. I don't know that one. I think it's The, uh, the Friendship Onion. And if you rate, <laughs> review, and subscribe, it means we can keep making more. I was just thinking, in terms of one of these things, when it all gets hectic for Frodo, you could say, he should put his watch on. Put, put the watch on. Put, put the, the watch, watch on. on. That'd freak people out. Hey, yeah. do you ever mess with Reddit? I really like Reddit. I don't really know. Reddit's great. So for someone like you, mm-hmm. let's say, because currently you're really into surfing, right? you could go onto Reddit, mm-hmm. have, a, have your own little account, and up the top bar there, you just write in the thing that you're interested in. Let's say, for instance, right now, surfing tips. Uh-huh. So you put in surfing tips, and it'll just show you a whole bunch of forums. So it could be like one-sentence surfing tips, or videos on surfing tips, and then you just follow them, and you can keep checking them out. So for me, I have like crazy animal trivia, League of Legends advice, cooking tips. It's really good, man. I think you'd like Reddit. Is it just reddit.com? Yeah, it's an app. Get the app. Oh, is that an app? Yeah, free right. app. Okay. Um, should we do a little League of Legends uh, update? There's a new champion. Hey. There's a new champion. You mean my sister? Yeah, well, your sister is playing. We'll get into that in a second, right. which is very exciting news. But there's a new uh, champion that our friend Andrew played. She's got a whip. She's called Nyla, and she has a whip. I've not played her yet, but she looks good. I've not played her yet. Like a kind of female Aladdin, if you if you will. I would say the last two months, I've been Heimerdinger crazy. I think you need to get off Heimerdinger. I can't. You're, you're, you're starting to get fully addicted to that one champion, and what if he gets banned? Well, what about yesterday? The song. I, no. Beautiful. He dreamt it, you know. No, the Scrambled day. eggs. Yeah, go on. I played him in a different skin, at least. Oh, yeah. Pool party, Heimerdinger. Pool party rather than alien. You are very good at Heimerdinger. Probably the best you've ever played a champion. But I do think now you're moving into complacency land. Because you're so good at him. You're just like, yeah, turret there, turret there, throw a grenade, do my thing. And I want you to be challenged. Do you know what's really nice about complacency land? Go on. It's comfortable. Yeah, it's easy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's easy. Um, 
There's a new, uh, well, not new, but there's, they brought back a mode that we like where you have two ults, two ultimates. Played that the other night. And they've got like different animated minions, different animated canon minions. But your sister Margaret, let's talk about that. So she was watching the other night. And She's she, here visiting. She was charmed by your gameplay. Whenever I play it, she, she gets a chair. Doesn't matter what she's doing. She a could be cup sitting, of coffee, glass sitting of wine. in the front room watching Chopped, which she loves. Oh, I love Chopped too. You're Chopped. You're out. Get You're out. not out. Get out. You're Chopped. That, that's rubbish. Yeah, get out. Get out. Um, she could be watching that. She'll pull a chair in. Brilliant. Without an invitation. I wish I had a friend that would watch me play League of Legends. She pulls it in and she sits there and then she tells me if somebody's coming on the map. Oh. Watch out. Yeah, watch yeah. Out. You, you need that. Have you got the freeze? Mm. You know, when you've got that little thing where you can freeze yourself. The, oh, the, little, the uh, um, Zonia's, hours, Zonia's hourglass. hourglass. Yeah. Use the freeze, yeah, you'll stop, say. A stopwatch. Right at the start of the game when I haven't bought anything. Oh, just... So she she had a, a little game. Well, just to go back a second, yeah. as youngsters, yeah. was your sister into video games, computer games? As you know, Tom, I was very into my Atari. Mm. And I don't remember Margaret really being into the Atari. Mm. She'll, nah, she's never really been a gamer, really. Right. But this is good for our guest today, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. We'll get into this later on with our fantastic guest. Our fantastic secret special guest. So, um, no, I think at one point, I think she had a friend who had a PlayStation and I think they played like the uh, James Bond game for a oh, little bit. Oh, Goldeneye. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I feel like that That's was on weird, Nintendo 64. Was it? But well, we, can, we so, can ask our guests later on. Some version of that. Well, that's good. I mean, she might have just been so charmed by the way that you play League of Legends, which is gleeful, and also little Heimerdinger. How can you not like Heimerdinger? He's adorable. He's lovely. One 42? More, 42. Hey, Another ah, little, another little um, game thing here, oh, yeah, which really plays well for today. I feel as if John has really, has he organised this? Oh, he's organised it. No. When he's organised this, Johnny Clues, he's organised it well for today, which is good because normally it's completely random. Where does this quote come from? One of these days I'm going to get organised. I don't know. It's from Taxi Driver. Go on. Well done. Mm -hmm. Who says it? Travis Bickle. Well done. Uh, Robert De Niro. Dave from Michigan says, mm. or Michigan, he says, Dom, you've mentioned that you love Skyrim. And Billy previously mentioned that he's been playing Elder Scrolls online. No. I was wondering if you happen to have seen the Skyrim mode that was uh, recently released that enables players to play co-op Skyrim. Maybe you can convince Elijah and Sean to play and the boys can gallivant around Skyrim together. <coughs> A little cough there through my nervousness. I think, unfortunately, we probably have to just give up on... Elijah and Sean playing video no, games. No, no, we're never giving up. I mean, we flew back from a convention, the three of us, and Elijah and I sat next to each other on the plane because we tend to, like, stay up and chat and talk silly I, I can't be bothered stuff. talking. You like a glass of wine and a nap, don't you? I don't, uh, yeah, I can't be bothered talking. You know what I mean? We talk we, all we the time. talked it out. I like a gin and tonic and a good old chat. <laughs> a chin wag. <laughs> but anyway, Elijah pulled out his Switch. Hey? We were, no, it's a gaming system. All oh, right. And uh, we were playing... Uh, games backwards and forwards and stuff and I said to Elijah I was like man if because I know Elijah loves games I was like man if you still love games and you still play games you've got to get on this League of Legends thing I know he's like eh, I didn't really like it when do you I think he's it. just doing it because we want him to do it and he won't do no. it no he's not like that Elijah though, is he? he's not maybe, contrary maybe he isn't maybe he's, maybe he's become contrary as he's uh, become a father who knows but 
I feel like it's time to kind of give it up. No. And then in terms of the Skyrim thing, well... See, now I think this is a complementary element of your personality, Bills, and then you could also look at it as potentially detrimental at times. You tend to jump around to different things quite often. No. I don't know of that many things that you stick with that you're actually into. Give me, give me, give me. Um, we'll give you examples of things yeah. that you stick with. No, because I. No, can't. things that I jump around. Though. Well, like, you know, martial arts. No, you don't do it anymore. I did that for like 20 years, Dom. Football. I mean, I wouldn't say that jumping around. Wow. Football. Football, I really played from I was much. six till I broke my knee. Surfing. Kind Surfing, of I did goes. 20 years ago and I'm still doing it. Star Trek, like you're watching. Star it, Trek, I've watched watch it, it since I was I mean, six and I still watch it. So I think I've made a good point. A good point, Dom. Um, uh, what I'm saying is, I don't think you'll commit to playing Skyrim. I will commit as soon as I start, which could be tonight because you're coming to my house. Yeah, but that, we've only got one uh, video game player though. We'll set up mine and then we'll set up yours. Just get the feeling that you'll be into it for a little bit and then you'll you'll move on like like you, you like, are with most things. And you're like, like Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah, like surfing. Hmm. Maybe I'm using reverse psychology there, Bills. You just don't know. Oh, I love that sound. You like that sound? I love it. It makes me smile. Mm. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Mm, Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Just like our business, our podcast, mm. well, Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. You can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and there's many more, Tom. Mm. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash onion, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash onion right now. Shopify.com slash onion. Now, you've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your online privacy. Billy and I have been lucky enough to be traveling all around the United States doing jobs and doing these conventions, staying in hotels, oh. traveling through airports. Ah. Every time we're in there, we remind each other, hey, are you using ExpressVPN? Get your ExpressVPN. So easy to do. You just press one button and that's you protected. Mm -hmm. And ExpressVPN doesn't log your activity online. Lots of cheap or free VPNs, they make money by selling your data to advertisers. But ExpressVPN doesn't do this. They even developed a technology, trusted server, that makes their VPN servers incapable of storing any data at all. Mm -hmm. And number two, speed. ExpressVPN uses Lightway a new VPN protocol they engineered to make users' speeds faster than ever. I've tried a lot of VPNs, and it works an absolute treat. Mm. The last thing that really sets ExpressVPN apart is how easy it is to use. I am not good with technology, Billy will tell you that. True. You don't need any technical skills to set it up. Just fire up the app, tap one button, it goes from red to green, and you're in. That's it. 
Even your grandparents could do it. So protect yourself with the VPN that we use and trust. Use our link expressvpn.com slash onion today and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. Wow. That's three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash onion. Visit expressvpn.com slash onion to learn more. Hey, we should throw out a little bit of uh, um, info about these upcoming uh, conventions that we're doing because we've only got two left. Now, I don't know when this one comes out, Tom. Well, this let's cover is... ourselves and say both. John's right. giving us the thumbs up there. Right. So coming up next, a wonderful visit to Boston. Boston, Colorado. Mm. No. Boston. I, I don't know what state that is. It's in the good old state of uh, Boston. Boston's in Boston. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's not. Boston, Illinois. Boston. Long Island. Long Island, near Rhode Island. It's All in, the islands are near in, each other. It's on the East Coast. Um, East Coast, near New York, Boston. We're doing a live, live Friendship Onion on Sunday, the... The Boston Convention 13th, weekend. 14th, the 14th... I can find of, it. I'll tell you what it is. Boston... On the 14th of August, we're doing a live Friendship Onion. Get your tickets uh, at the link below. Hey, you're there right. You I just checked. You're right. I know. And then two weeks after that, we actually leave the country. We, we leave the United States of USA. The first international The Friendship Onion mm -hmm. podcast live. And we head to Toronto, which the locals say, Toronto. 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 And we're doing another live Friendship Onion podcast on the 28th of August. And you can get all of your ticket information and you can buy it at Fan Expo and then put in the city that we're going to. So Fan Expo Boston, Fan Expo Toronto. We'll be eating local food. We'll be singing and dancing. Great fun. All this stuff that you like in a Friendship Onion. Maybe a Onion. tongue twister, maybe a riddle. We're doing it live. So, um... Here's a question, Dom. Oh, go I'm going to actually uh, quiz you here. Oh, good. And I like I, a quiz. Because I don't know if you know the answer to this. Uh, it's not states in, in Canada. There's no states in Canada. It's not United States of Canada. What is the areas called? Provinces. How many are there? <gasps> Do you know? And can you name them? Because I'll just say this about Billy, and he does this all the time. Billy will ask a question and he'll make out like he knows the answer. And if you get the answer right, he'll go, yes. And if you say, I don't know the answer, what is it? He'll go, I don't know. So I'm going to ask him now, do you know the answer? Yes. Okay, good. I know some of them. Do you? Yeah. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
I mean, Canada's a very big country, but I think the provinces are way bigger than the United States, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a guess of 17. I'm going to say less. Wow. I'm going to say seven. Wow. There's some big provinces. Johnny Clues. It, How many provinces find out. are find in out. Uh, the country of Canada? <laughs> okay, I didn't even know that they were called provinces, so I gotta Google this. Provinces, yeah. indeed. While he's while he's googling it, let's try and name them. Do you know any? British Columbia. Nice. Uh, Nova Scotia. Great. You've been to that one. Yeah. Saskatchewan. Mm, or maybe. is that a city? Don't know. Uh, Quebec. That might be a city as well. Mm, Quebecois. Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe that is I a think province. it's, yeah. Um, well, where Prince is Montreal? Columbia. What part of... What uh, part Cube- of I would say it? that was Quebec. French-speaking Canada. Yeah. And then Quebec. what's the West Coast? What would the West Coast be? Like where Toronto is? Uh, no, further. Um, that other place. Oh, no, closer to what's us. What's it called? With the That's island? East Coast, right? West Coast island? Uh, Baffin. No. Oh. Well, they make oh, they make a lot of TV shows there now. Uh, the CW shows. Uh, Vancouver? Yes. Yeah, that's British Columbia. That's British Columbia. That's how I knew it. John knows the answer. There are 10 provinces. I was closer. And there's actually also three territories. Oh. Oh, that gets up to your closer. Yeah. Uh, give us the 10. But I have to... Li- okay. Oh, God. Here we go. Come on, Johnny. Okay. <laughs> on the spot here. All right. Here we go. Starting from... Uh, the northwest, I'll go counterclockwise. Mm-hmm. Good idea. First one, Yukon. Yukon. Right. UK Second one. one, British Columbia. Right, you got that one. Number three, Alberta. Oh, Alberta Canada. Number four, Sas- Saskatchewan. 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 Number five, Manitoba. Manitoba. Never got that Manitoba. One. Yeah. Number six, Ontario. 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 Yeah, been there. Uh, Number seven, Quebec. Quebecois. Quebecois. All right, this is where it gets confusing because I don't know which ones of these are territories versus provinces. I think this is a province. New Brunswick. Yes, it is. Nova Scotia. Yes, it is. Billy's been. Prince Edward Island. Yes, oh. it is. Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Mm. Nunavut. Oh. None of it. None, none of, of it. it. I, don't, I don't know the provinces and I'll have none of it. Yeah. Newfoundland. Northwest Territories. Thank you. Thank you, John. John, and the last one was a kind of a bummer of a name. Well, it's incredible. No, it's good. Well done. All right. Well, let's bring on our fantastic guest. After Um, us talking about games a lot today, which I'm enjoying, to be honest, Dom, we have a fantastic guest who knows a lot about retro games and uh, retro computing and all those kind of things. And uh, I'm I'm going to have a go at the second name. Please. Clint Basinger. Hmm. What do you think? The thing I was... He's, 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 he's basically the guy behind Lazy Game Reviews. Hello, Clint. Greetings. How are you? I am doing just fine. How are you? Very good. Very well, good, good man. Do, hey. you want, do you want to do a little introduction to Clint? Yeah, Clint. Where do you hear this, Clint? I'll do a little blurb about you, and then you can maybe fill in the gaps, because it's only a... It's, it's a, it's a four-line summation of Clint's entire life, and I think there's more to the man than that. Well, give us give, give us the four lines and give us it in a style that will make us fall in love with both you and Clint. Oh, okay. I'll try my best. Here we go, Clint. <clears throat> Clint Basinger is the guy behind Lazy Game Reviews, a YouTube show that began in 2009 
dedicated to revisiting retro technology in the history of computing. It has a micro compressor. <laughs> Hang on. What what has a micro? If it has a micro oh, I've ruined it. It messed up. It was only four lines. I'm backing up. Hang on. Here we go, Clint. If it has a micro processor, a keyboard, and comes in beige or wood grain, chances are it'll be in LGR thing at some point. Clint Basinger, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, Clint. Hello. Wonderful. Welcome, Greetings. Lazy Game Reviews. How are you? Yes. Yeah, I'm doing just fine. Great to be here. Tell us what you've been doing this morning, and please tell us you've been playing Galaxia and Defender and having a great time. I was actually just playing uh, Galaga yesterday on a recently sort of reassembled arcade machine of mine. But uh, yeah, today it's been mostly <laughs> recording uh, footage for random computer stuff that I know I'm going to cover at some point. I just don't know when. So you like computers, uh, Clint, and you like games, but you have more of a... I'm going to drop a little French word here, if you don't mind. Penchant. For old-school games, Atari-type vibe. Is that the idea? Yes, yeah, pretty much... Um... Sort of as the summary said, if it has a wood grain on it, like an old Atari, I've actually got one right there behind me in the screen. Oh. And then, uh, yeah, an Apple II over there. And, you know, anywhere from sort of 1978 to 1998, that's kind of the, you know, the really Goldilocks zone for my interests, I would say. Will you play modern games or are you, are you just not into the modern game thing? Yeah, I'm very much into the modern stuff too. Um, it's kind of... Uh, the goal, I guess, of my own channel and just covering the kind of older stuff is looking at where we've been and then comparing that, contrasting that and following the history of that to where we are now. And then, you know, whenever it makes sense to go into the more modern stuff, uh, either on the channel or on my own. Um, yeah, that's fun, too, because it's all about context. So what what is the name of the Atari with the wood green and the cartridges? So that original one, uh, 1977, was the Atari Video Computer System, more well known probably as the 2600. 26. Well, here's my here's my story of that one, Clint. That was my childhood. That game, that gaming system, and I had relatives who lived in Detroit, Michigan, I, Michigan, and obviously I grew up in in Scotland. So the, the little cartridges with the games, you know, Space Invader, whatever, were expensive. See, they were, as, as a guest on, they were fifteen pounds. Oh, is that is that for? Are you uh, considering inflation there or not? I'm not considering anything. I just threw an, a number out there. Because fifteen pounds doesn't seem that expensive to me. But back in 1977. So you're not considering inflation. Say they were fifteen pounds. Mm -hmm. When you go to Detroit, Michigan, they were like two pounds. And I remember every time I went to Detroit, we'd buy all the games. But most of them wouldn't work. They, when you put it in the, the cartridge into the machine, but here's what I did, Clint. If you opened up the, and maybe you can explain this to me why this would be. If you opened up the box and took out the actual chip, like, when you, when you flicked open the box, it was basically just like a piece of plastic and a kind of shape like that that would open up the, the thing. And then it had, like, a little chip. So if I put that plastic in and then just put the chip in, 
then the game would work. Well, how, how'd you work that out? Well, you just get frustrated one day and try it. I, I must have done because Amazing. obviously there wasn't internet. No one told me how to do that. Incredible. But it, like the first time I brought them home, it wouldn't work. And then somehow I managed, I don't know how I knew that. And I opened up. So I had all the games were just little chips. What do you think of that, Clint? That sounds actually pretty reasonable. It's not far off from what you might do to, <laughs> to get it working now because it's all about making physical contact between those little uh, gold leaf edges that it has on there. And you need mm -hmm. to get proper friction and you know a bit of uh, a continuity between the electronics of the game console and the electronics, the chips, and everything inside that connects straight through this little edge connector. And there's only so many pins on that connector. And if not every single one of them was exactly in there, so sometimes you bend things out of shape, sometimes you yeah. stuff things in there, people would blow yeah. in there, and they'd you'd try all kinds hair of things dryers. just to get them to work. At one point, yeah. someone would say, yeah, if it's not yeah. working, just put a hot hair dryer on it. But, oh, that, that gaming system for years of my childhood was just... When you got a new game, I can, I can, I can feel the feeling just now—the excitement yeah. of getting that cart a new cartridge. And oh. and what was your old? What was the toppermost of the poppermost? I mean, I love Space Invaders, and I, I seem to remember I had 132 different versions, which was basically 132 versions of the same game. Yeah, some of the versions were just crazy. One, one. One of the controllers would move it left, the other one would move it right, and just just <laughs> stupid versions of the same game. Space Invader is the one where you've got the little barriers above, and you have to hide. Yeah, and it chunk, 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 and they get lower and lower. Chunk, 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 chunk. Yeah, loved that. I loved Adventure when we first got it. That seemed like cutting edge when that came out. But here's I'm I'm getting really excited about this because I've taken myself back to my childhood here, Clint. But before I got the Atari, I remember going to the stores to, to try the game. And one of the stores was a, quite a high-end electric store. And they had a gaming system called Activision. Perhaps the Intellivision. Yeah, Intellivision had some uh, fantastic sports games, including soccer games. I wonder if in, a, in Britain it was called Activision. There's a question for you, Clint. Mm. Maybe I actually don't. No, I have an Intellivision right here. Just it look like that. That's, that's the bugger. That's the bugger yeah. with the spinning thing. Nice. Mm -hmm. well, did you have one of those you as well? This? No. I remember the Atari cost a hundred. That's it. Wow. The Atari cost a hundred, and the Activision or Intellivision cost two hundred. And my mum just would not go to two hundred. And I remember, oh, the thought of having that gaming system in your house. Well, Just, then you'd have two. You'd be spoiled. No, it was one or the other, Don. Oh, I didn't have either. What did you have? Didn't have, either, didn't have any. You didn't have a gaming system? Didn't have a gaming system. That's probably why you're so into gaming now. Probably. But we, I think my brother was into computers more than me. And the first time we got, we didn't get a gaming system, but we got a computer because my dad said, well, you can use it for school as well. I think I was probably 13 or something like that. What computer was that? Do you know? Spectrum plus three. Do you know what that is, Clint? Yeah, they had uh, Sinclair. They uh, yeah, Sir Clive Sinclair, Sinclair's yeah. systems. They had all those. The ZX Spectrums, the 48K, and the Plus yeah. 1, Plus 3, the, the 128. the Plus 2 was a cassette, and the Plus 3 was a floppy disk or a compact disk, which was, like, really... ZX81, was that the first one? 
there was a, the ZX80, I believe, was their their first. It was like um, a slightly. I mean, they were both really, really primitive, but th- that one in particular, yeah, it had that one in eighteen or nineteen eighty, and then eighty one was the ZX eighty one. Those both came kind of back to back before moving on to the Spectrum, and that's when they added color. So, right, yeah, exactly. Well, with all of these yeah. options out there currently, Clint, in the gaming arena, which has exploded not only you know with what we've all gone through with everyone being in isolation, but just the advances in computer science and stuff, and you finding a real kind of charm in that era of gaming for someone who doesn't play games how would you pitch those type of games when nowadays the technology allows you to you know experience incredible worlds and incredible graphics and sounds and stuff and clearly these games are a little bit more rudimentary but what's what's the charm in those games for you uh, a lot of the charm definitely comes from a mixture of imagination and then just not having as much to worry about visually or sound-wise or control-wise or anything. Often it was just one button and a joystick and that was about it. So if you were uh, maybe in the mood for something that's much more pick up and play, you can just jump in and jump out within five minutes and have your good fill of that title. And I say that that's, uh, you know, that's, that's one of my go-tos constantly for, you know, things like, uh, Galaga or any of these Atari games and television games because you don't have to commit too much to them. And increasingly, for me anyway, you know, uh, you end up with less and less time as life goes on uh, mm. in some cases. So if you just uh, need a quick fix, it's often a great way to do that. But, you know, there's also just the imagination factor of having these such simple worlds to explore. Like adventure, you were mentioning, that one oh, still yeah. can get your attention. You know, just going mm. through these extremely simple mazes but you start filling in the dots and all of a sudden that block is a person and that other little thing is a sword and that other bit yeah. is a magical treasure and it, if you let yourself let go perhaps it, it's uh yeah it's a fun escape and finding the easter eggs in adventure land in, in adventure is obviously great as well you know yeah. i remember my brother had a when we were a little bit older my brother had a little miss pac-man arcade machine that was about this big it only played miss pac-man and we got so good at it that to clear the screen, we would eat all of the pills, apart from the magic pills, which turned the ghosts into things that Pac-Man could eat. So then you'd go and you'd hit all four of the magic pills and then chase the ghosts and kill them all before the next level. And I tried that recently and I couldn't get anywhere near to completing the screen and keeping the things there. So it's, it's crazy what you get good at as a little yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. You practice something, you get good at it. Yeah. What about that game? Yeah, Do you remember the Olympics? else. Yeah, exactly. Do you remember the Olympics game where you had to like waggle the joystick backwards and forwards and then when you're running, you had to tap them both next to each other. Oh, breaking your nails and stuff. And see, yeah, I, was watching your, I was watching your, your show, The Lazy Game Review, and you were, you, you got an old, I think it was a, no, it wasn't a Gallagher. It was the one where you fly through, uh, oh, I, I forget the name of it now. But you, yeah, you, uh, the one I recently got, uh, the, I got a, a Redden 2 machine. Redden, that's right, yeah. Well, see those machines? Because I, I think that I, watching you do it, there's obviously a sort of joy in uh, looking back historically, oh, this is this machine from that time and that came from Japan and blah, blah. And I, I was wondering when I was watching it because I, the, certainly when I was watching it, you didn't open it up. 
How much of that machine had anything in it? Uh, very little. For the most part, yeah, those arcade machines, you'll get a board that's, you know, maybe as big as like a placemat or something. It's not very much. And then that's going to run the entire machine. Most of it is just empty. There's wood surrounding, and then there's the monitor, speakers, and some basic input controls. But, you know, if it's a uh, it's it's just a lot of wood, <laughs> primarily. But just the, the joy of seeing that shape, isn't it? Mm. Like from yeah. when you used to go to an arcade and there'd be a brand new game there, you know, Asteroids or something. And, and, and basically, they just made these boxes and then fitted other games into it. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. Especially the, the one that I happened to pick up um, was a Dynamo HS5 from 1988. And they used that thing all throughout uh, into the mid to late 90s and just if you were an arcade operator you would buy this cabinet from the manufacturer or a game publisher or somebody like that and it might come with something in it or you could just get them completely empty and they're really just meant uh, almost like a modern pc where you just get the case yeah. and then you put whatever yeah. you want to in there yeah so instead of that uh <laughs> being able to run a lot of different things in there you might have one game or two games at most that you could run and then you just swap the boards out everything else mostly remained the same and how much would something like that cost? Also, how much is that doggy uh, in the window? What, the one with the waggly tail? <laughs> yeah, let's find that out too okay. at the same time. No, like if I say I wanted a Galaga, which I'm sure was right. called Galaxia. And, and was it? There were two yeah. of them, yeah. Uh, Galaxia was that the same game? came a couple of years before Galaga. It's the same developer and everything, so they're, they're very, very similar. But, very similar. Oh, yeah. And I did watch you playing that, and you look very skilled, to be honest, Clint. <laughs> now, what's the difference between Space Invaders and Galaga? Space Invaders has got the little barriers. What's Galaga? Galaga, they come and they're like this, and then they, woo, they come at you. And you're Maybe in a, three at a, you're in a just, ship that can move. Yeah, you can go up a bit and come back a bit, but you're getting a in bit, between. They've they got the space bugs. It's more bug-shaped things coming down from space. Yeah. I think that's harder than Space Invaders. It's, it? it's actually more fun as well. Is it? But how yeah, much would definitely. that cost, say? Say I wanted one of them for the house. I'm just wondering so because my birthday's coming up. And my good friend Dominic was on my right. I'm very generous. So I, I, the most recent Galaga cabinet that I saw was selling for fourteen hundred dollars. Oh um, no, 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 no! I was thinking of getting you like a, a pair of socks or something like that. Fourteen hundred dollars doesn't seem much maybe for my for joy. I think maybe for yourself. Yeah, for, you could buy back your childhood, right? You could fulfill exactly. the the wishes of being your own arcade owner, and you can even get uh, you can create your own tokens, for instance, and insert oh, those in there. You could have your face. Well, on I'll a buy token you the tokens. Just... How about that? You get the machine, I'll get the tokens. <laughs> because we used yeah. to do that, Clint. Me and my friends, we had to get a bus to the to the um, arcade, and we'd have a pound each. We actually called it going for a pound shuffle. Oh, lovely. And we go and we take that pound and we get 10 peas and I got you 10 games. 10 goes, yeah. And then that's us back home again on the bus. Oh, that's a lot of fun. And it was wonderful. Uh, what about Centipede? I'd like to have a Centipede game. That was a great game. Yeah. Is it different from the human Centipede game? Yeah, no, we don't want to play that game. It doesn't have any correlation oh, between the film. I'm just checking. <laughs> no, but that, that was a good game. What year was that, Clint? I want to say it was 82, but I would have to check on that. They were all sort of between 1980 to 83 is what we've mostly been discussing is, here. Is that like so Snake? That was... Are you linking together little pieces and you're getting bigger and bigger? No, you're shooting, you're shooting a centipede. 
You oh, know, centipede is made from all shame. lots of little bits. You want to shoot all the bits. Oh. And uh, before he leaves, I don't know, is that mushrooms he leaves? I don't know. Wait, mushrooms? Wait. Yeah. I like Little mushrooms, and little oh. spiders floating around trying to oh. get you and stuff. So. Oh, it's a shame. That we was a killer invertebrates. So. Where A to A83 seems to be my, my uh, sweet spot, huh, for games. Mm. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that was also, you know, when the Atari and television were really going crazy. And that's when the games were the cheapest, at least here in the U.S., because they, uh, they, they were creating so many of them that the video game industry almost completely disappeared. And they crashed in 83, at least do here. You, do, you have the, the, do you have the E.T. game, Clint? I sure do. <laughs> Certainly. You have to it's have that. Consistently thought of as the worst computer game of is all it, time. Is that, the, um, is that the game that destroyed Atari? It's often uh, the most go-to kind of scapegoat, uh, scapegoat title. It's maybe you know just a symptom of uh, a very much larger problem that was happening. But mm. uh, it was, yeah, it's certainly not a great game. Let's put it that way. Mm. And a great movie, unfortunately. So they don't they yeah. don't correlate. If we if we fast forward through into like the not not too distant past, have you played uh, the Lord of the Rings games, Clint? Many of them. Yes. Mm. Any ones in particular that stand out? Because I, I played the one, I think I played the Return of the King game. Or That's the one else. that we were in. The yeah. Return of the, the King, King was the yeah. one that, yeah, my brother and I played the most. Uh, we had a co-op, you know, we'd both get a controller and just go through there, you know. <laughs> I think it was usually uh, Aragorn and Gimli playing. But you know, we were just going through and that one, ah, yeah, I had the most fun with that one. And also the uh, Battle for Middle-Earth games. Those were oh, my yeah. other favorites, the strip strategy titles so oh i've not played those but i did like the return of the king game and yeah we're like bonus characters right yeah. so if you complete the game you unlock us i think did you ever play as us Clint? i wish no but i don't remember that being an option so it would make sense if you were an unlockable instead yeah well, unlockable. you could go back and do that if you want yeah. if you want to enjoy your weekend <laughs> <laughs> i think i would definitely have to do that at some point it's a, a nice yeah. little extra bonus for completion we have expert uh, stone-throwing skills in that game. And that's about all, really. Mm. Yeah. Now, what about League of Legends? Because I don't know if you know, but Billy and I, Billy and I play League of Legends quite a lot. Do, have, you, have you ever played League of Legends? I, I never have. No, for me, it was always, um, you know, like Battle for Middle-Earth was sort of the, the real-time strategy era that I was really into, sort of the, in the early 2000s. And then from what I gather, League of Legends is less real-time strategy and more like individual Characters yeah. as opposed to large groups of armies, right? So right. I've yeah. never really played yeah. that one. It's basically capture the flag. Yeah, with okay. little champions. So what what got you um, interested and involved in sort of more retro? Is it, uh, were you the same was, as uh, me? Were you a, a huge lover of it at the time and then just thought, I'll go back and revisit? Yeah, it kind of... Uh... It started that way, and then it sort of grew out of control, and now I'm surrounded by it everywhere. <laughs> it really began with, uh, you know, just remembering these things from childhood, seeing them at friends' houses, cousins' houses, and playing yeah. them there, but never really having much at home. And right. then, you know, seeing things in stores and always, you know, I it was just out of reach, and, you know, it, it could maybe afford a couple of games a year for the PC mm. primarily. I grew up as a, a computer gamer, but, yeah, as uh, I got a little older and, you know, started making my own money and occasionally I would find old computers at thrift stores primarily and the uh, the games to go along with them and that was back when they were still more affordable you know you could get a computer for a couple of bucks as opposed to hundreds now so the uh, the retro scene has really <laughs> exploded but thankfully I got into it before 
it did any of that. And now, yeah, it's uh, turned into a career talking about them. Well, yeah, because I'm looking at your channel and it's huge. It shows you the interest that people really want to watch this stuff and mm. learn about it. Mm. I will give you a thousand points, which is quite a lot of points in this game. Oh, yeah. A thousand points if you have the my first computer and 500 points if you even know what it is. Clint, my first computer right. was called a Dragon 32. Uh, yes, I actually have a, uh, a one that they released it here as the Taino Dragon. Um, and it's the, the same thing. It, nice kind of beigey cream case with black keys and uh, starts up with yeah. a, sort of a green background and everything for where you could type in to load programs and such. Yeah, here it was the Taino Dragon. It was a Welsh computer, if I recall. So, a well, Welsh well, computer. A thousand it's, points. Wow. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I remember Not too many Welsh PCs out there. No, and there's a there's a store in the UK called Boots, and it's sort of like a CVS, you know. Uh, is it Boots the Chemist, I believe? Boots the Chemist, exactly. Mm. Yeah. And Boots the Chemist sold the Dragon 32. It was the weirdest. It, it was, do you remember at that time, you, there was always a choice to be made. You get a VHS or you get a Betamax, and then whatever one you chose, the other one... You know, you either chose the right one or the wrong one, but one of them was going to disappear. Mm. And all my friends got the ZX 80 or 81, and I got the Dragon 32, and the Dragon 32 disappeared. And there was no games. Never heard of it. Nothing. I know. No one had. I'm, I'm really shocked that you've heard of that, Glenn. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That, sort of, that, that came and went. It was a very brief moment in time that it was even advertised at all. And then uh, what is a fascinating story with that. So the U.S. distributor for them um, ended up with this massive shipment because Dragon you know, went out of business and everything. And then there were just tons of them on pallets. And they ended up in a warehouse for 25, 30 years. And there were just unsold, brand new inbox Dragons sitting in a warehouse in California up until around 2012 or so. And uh, they finally started selling them, and I ended up getting one of those uh, new in nice. box, and that's how I got my dragon. Was, uh, was the old stock that just never sold? Oh, Billy, because, you should get one. Like See said. if you can get one. Glenn, Glenn, as I said, it's my birthday coming up on the twenty eighth of August. <laughs> dragon thirty two. Yes. 28th of August, by the way, is when we are doing a live friendship onion yeah. in Toronto, Toronto on my birthday. Mm. If Clint arrived from North Carolina. To Toronto with a Dragon 32 Wouldn't that on his be amazing? Back. Was it, Clint, if you don't mind me saying, was it an expensive system to I wouldn't listen to this part. Earmuffs, William. <laughs> was it? It was actually extremely cheap back then because oh, nobody had heard of it and oh. nobody knew what it was. Yeah. I think they've gone up a bit now. How much would it be I, I don't think very much. I actually don't know. I, I haven't looked in a long time because, uh, yeah, I've, I've already got mine, right? So, <laughs> What would you say... In the history of gaming systems, what would you say would fetch the highest value now if it was in mint condition to sell? Oh, dear. Uh, probably, if we're talking released systems, because there are some systems that go for almost a, know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands, but those are prototype systems like the Nintendo PlayStation and things like that. Mm. They had a weird collaboration back in the day where they 
made a couple of systems and a couple of them eventually found themselves into the way of collectors. Well, that's those sell for crazy money, but uh, you know, those were never actually released. Mm-hmm. So I think currently probably it would be like a sealed, fully intact uh, Nintendo of some kind, whether mm-hmm. it would be an NES or a, uh, a Nintendo 64 or something seems to be really hot at the moment, but it would have to be, you know, pristine. In There's a lot of condition. Yeah. Yeah. When, people when, go when over the Billy finest I, details of those. I'm trying to think how this happened. Cause I know that Sean and Elijah got one too. Did, I think maybe we visited PlayStation or EA, but we were all given a test PlayStation. Do you remember a test PlayStation? Uh, there were some of those. Yeah, they came in different colors. Sometimes yeah, they were black so, or green or something. So. And they were they were kind of chipped so that you didn't have to. You could buy games from all regions and it would play in all regions. Yeah, I so still have was, mine. I wonder how much that's worth. A test PlayStation. I will give you twelve to fifteen dollars for that. Oh, I'll take it. <laughs> okay. And in terms yeah, of that, that would be awesome. In terms of where where because you obviously spend a lot of your time talking about. Uh, games and gaming systems where do you think games are going clint like if you were to fast forward you know 10 15 20 years into the future what can we expect from our games do you think i i think i'm somewhat cynical on the whole uh, current gaming situation in terms of um yeah, the microtransactions and little things that are added to games to make mm-hmm. them sort of always online and you know i'm i'm very much a proponent of being able to own what I own and not haven't taken away later on if, if say the servers go down or something okay. like that. I think there's, there's a lot of that happening right now and uh, that's unfortunate, but I'm also hopeful as well, you know, to get more and more involved uh, kind of games or just different ways to play my favorite games, you know? So for instance, I just got a steam deck recently and that thing is wonderful for just uh, reinvigorating the PC games and even console games mm. just on the go. It's just a full-on PC in the palm of your hands. And What's that steam stuff, deck? Uh, mm, Elijah and I were talking about that. What's a steam plane. deck? You were napping. You had a glass of wine. You were sleeping. I don't know what a steam deck is. Clint, over to you. All right. So the steam deck is effectively a Linux-based personal computer system. It runs a lot of other things too, but it's what it comes with. Uh, made by the Valve folks uh, in Seattle, in that area. And they... Uh, got it to where it basically can function as an all-in-one system if you do a little bit of tweaking. But okay. out of the box, you know, it's got uh, a touchscreen, uh, controls on the side, a little bit like a Nintendo Switch, but if you had the power of a desktop computer and the form factor of a Switch. Oh. So they've just packed a lot of good stuff in there, and I've just loaded mine up with uh, emulation software so I can play all the the classic stuff, you know, Atari, Nintendo, and PlayStation 1, 2, 3 games. It'll play everything pretty much up until the early 2000s. So I've been enjoying, like, you know, my favorite PC games from the 90s and early 2000s all the way up to, I think, the most recent game I've played on there is Cyberpunk. So it actually plays that. Wow. So plays newer stuff and old stuff, too, for pretty decent price. Very cool. We should get that. Yeah, let's ask him. Steam. Good people of Seattle, please send us a Steam. Well, it's the the Valve... uh... Because Valve had a lot of success making their own video games, right? And then they just thought, you know what, we're actually going to create a system, which is crazy. I mean, one of my favorite yeah. kind of hacks in life mm. is getting on a long-distance flight. Right. And you've looked through the movies okay. and you think, well, I've seen, yeah. I've seen Interstellar four or five times on the plane. It's not enough. Oh, it's a great movie. And uh, you don't really want to do anything. And then 
you pull out your uh, Nintendo Switch. Oh, oh no, I said Nintendo Switch. <laughs> and then you can play games and hey. everyone else is falling asleep and you can play games. I love that. So maybe we should invest in a little Steam Deck each. I'm not, I've, I don't have a Switch to pull out. But I, is that what it's called? Switch, Nintendo Switch. I don't want yeah. that one. I like the idea of this one better. <laughs> yeah, okay. A Steampunk. A Steam Deck, yeah. A Steam Deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I want a play Steam Deck. Cyberpunk on it. You can only play three games for the rest of your life, Clint, on your steampunk deck. What are they? That's a great question. This is coming to you, Dom. This is coming to you, sir. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, so the top three would have to be uh, Duke Nukem 3D. Nice. MS-DOS. That's up there. Uh, let's say uh, The Sims, the original one. Oh, Why nice. not? Yeah. Why oh, not? Nice. The Sims. Yeah, and because that's the third one. Oh, dear. Uh, well, let's just let's just say something like um, I don't know, Unreal Tournament. Unreal? I don't know. I don't know what, what's that one? What's that? Yeah, that one. Uh, Nineteen ninety nine. So it's uh, by Epic Games. They make Fortnite now, but uh, uh-huh. back then they had these uh, early first person shooter types. It's sort of an arena shooter uh, along the lines of it, a lot of people compared it to Quake Three back then. I don't even know if there's many. Uh, games that are even very similar now that the genre sort of died, but you know, you get like 16 or so players in an arena and you just shoot the crap out of each other. It's a whole deathmatch type of thing and capture the flag and oh, fun. Uh, you know, various modes of that. So online, definitely like real people or you're against the computer. We mostly played on a LANs back in the day with some, uh-huh. you know, everybody brought their own computers and just set ah. them up in the basement or wherever. Uh, but it was online as well. You can That's actually fun. still play it. Can still play it online. It still plays on the Steam Deck, even. So, oh, is it, any, is it like an early precursor to Fortnite? Were they testing how Fortnite might work, or is it slightly different? It was uh, on the the latter towards that. They're not terribly related, but it is by the same company, at least. I'll put that in my Steam Deck. Remember how addicted you your son was in Fortnite, and now he just doesn't play it at all, does it? So, no, he doesn't play it. In fact, that. you know what he just did? Yeah, go on. Gaming computer, my son. He just unplugged it all and stuck it in the corner. He's done. Oh! What do you think so of that? So it goes. I remember coming over to Billy's house for a, a while there, and but one time in particular in your old house, we sat downstairs with you and your wife chatting, and Jack came in, and he was halfway up the stairs and halfway down, and he was kind of a bit kind of antsy. And uh, Ali said, you want to go play Fortnite, don't you? And he went, yeah. Rather than sit and talk can to Uncle, Uncle Dom. And, and, yeah. And you went, yeah, you can go go play Fortnite until dinner. So he went upstairs, played Fortnite. Then we all came down and had dinner. And when dinner was finishing, he did the same thing. He got all fidgety. And you said, go on, you can play three more with your mates. He was full on into it. Well, and I now think, he's not that into it at well, all. Well, a, lo- a lot of that time was kind of COVID time as well. So it was the time that he got to chat to his mates and all that. Mm. But he got really good at it. Mm. Three games, Dom. From any three time. games, I can't, I can't. I, oh, I have to Computer pick. games. Oh, because oh, this is a say. great thing. See if you ever say to Dom, pick one thing. He'll always give you four. Mm. So I thought ah. by giving him three, that's it's all you're allowed. Don't give me four or five or six. Okay. Doctors and nurses. No, it's got to be a the video touching game. game. No, what? no, no touchy games. It's, these are vid- it's computer games. Yeah, it's not kiss, cuddle, or co- torture. I was going to say, who's in my mouth? It's one of my favorite games. Well, um, okay. Three games, League of Legends. Well, absolutely. Only because of the brotherhood that we've oh, created. Oh, the joy like we've had on there. League of Legends. That's two, two. He said League of Legends twice. Only no, one no. Ago. League of Legends, The Elder Scrolls, <gasps> Skyrim. Oh. And 
Uh, probably FIFA. Oh, nice. I do like FIFA. It's classic, man. That's good. Yeah. Right, ask me. Do you like FIFA? <laughs> no, ask me for my three. <laughs> oh, give us your three favorite com computer games. Keep it clean. I'll need, I'll need Clint to help me here, actually. The first one... See, League if of, one of them's not League of Legends... League of Legends, violent. number one. Good for you. Number two, there's a game where you're like the Moonlander and, you, and you're coming down and you have to land on a little shelf on the moon. Lunar Lander. Yeah. Lunar, Lunar Lander. Yeah. Is it that simple? Yeah. And different platforms each level. Yeah, and little mm -hmm. platforms and bigger and you come down and you have to land it. Oh, fun. I would, I would choose that. Wow. Just thinking back, the joy I got from that. And then my third one, even though once you've done it, but I'm just thinking the most fun I've had. You know, and this, this game, I probably, 10p at a time, spent £850,000. <laughs> 10 pence at a time, trying to finish this game, which was a laser disc game and you were a guy trying to save a princess. And you had to, like, at one point you're on a little river and you have to go down and make left-right turns. And then you had to swing across. What was that called? That was Dragon's Lair. It was a Don Bluth Dragon's game. Lair. Yeah. Dragon's Lair. Oh, my. Clint, tremendous yeah. knowledge. Clint, when I tell you that we used to go for a pound shuffle, I would just put my whole pound into that thing. Well, so there was a time where you preferred that to like Gallagher and Centipede and Space Invader. I mean, you couldn't believe it because it was like you were a cartoon. Pe people would crowd around that one too because it was such a realistic looking thing. It was like playing a cartoon. And I mean, yeah. it really was. It was wow. uh, the same guy who did you know, the, the Fievel movies and, you know, Secret oh, of Nam. Yeah, it's the same yeah. animator. Oh, so it's, know. you know, very Disney-esque animation. It was great. Beautiful. Very, very hard. And looking back at it now, it was basically just timing, you know, hit left there, hit right there. But mm -hmm. at the time, you felt like you were in a cartoon. You were actually a character in a It was amazing. Mm. Billy and Dom eat the world. Well, William, should we eat the world? Oh, I'd love to. No, when every week we like to uh, ask our guests if there's a certain type of food or beverage that maybe they have a strong affiliation with, maybe they've grown up with, maybe they've recently found it and they want to tell people about it. And what have you chosen for us this week? What have you chosen, Clint, and why? So I have chosen pimento cheese. Oh, why? And the why is, uh, well, it's just sort of one of those grown up with it. It's a very nostalgic thing, but it's also still used on a massive number of dishes here in North Carolina. So everything from sandwiches as a dip to just whatever. It's sort of an all-encompassing condiment of sorts. So and now it is a cheese, but it's a it cheese, a cheese with a few other things added to it. Is that right? Yeah, it's a, it can be made a few different ways, but sort of a, a creamy spread. You know, it has pimento peppers like you'd find in the middle of olives in there, but um, sometimes people add jalapeno, sometimes not. Uh, it's just shredded different cheeses and Sometimes it can be a little spicier or not, but yeah, sort of a mayo, cheese, mayo pimento cheese. mixture. So I don't know, Clint, yeah. if you've listened to the Friendship Onion, but we have a producer here called John, Johnny Clues, and he's one of the great, great chefs yeah, he's one of the, the great world. Classic chefs, classic uh, French, uh, classical chef, and he apparently at home has made us pimento cheese mm. for today. Mm. So, uh, John, if you have that cheese at the resi, we would love to taste your cheese, John. 
Well, you join us here in the no expenses spared uh, set. The Billion Dom Eat the World, where we are enjoying pimento cheese, William, with Clint, our wonderful guest. Hello, Clint. Hello. Hiya, Clint. We've just got it here. Smell that. Yeah, it's okay. I quite like the smell. It makes me think of uh, uh, a picnic in a, in a nice, a nice park somewhere. And I'm wearing my shorts, which I am doing today, Dom. Yeah, I got your legs out. And I could see me and you on a lovely rug with some pimento cheese, some dry bread, which uh, uh, John has given us for this, and a nice packet of veggie wholesome crispy crackers. Yes, from, from Apple Ways. We're going to open that. Yeah. Also, I'll read a little blurb here about oh. the pimento cheese. Is it not good? I, I don't like that smell. That's like glue. Oh, it smells like chemicals. Right, yeah. carry on, Dom. <laughs> Almost all pimento cheese recipes today call for grated cheddar. I bet it's not real cheddar, which is from the Cheddar Gorge in the north of England. So it's a shame that people call fake cheddar cheddar, because the only cheddar that is uh, cheddar is from the Cheddar Gorge, similar to Champagne, William. Is that true? Yeah, from the Champagne Valley in uh, the Champagne region of France. Tremendous knowledge, though. Everything else is a sparkling wine. Anyway, <clears throat> carry on. Ah, almost all pimento cheese recipes today call for grated cheddar or a similar firm cheese mixed with diced pimento peppers, Ooh. mayonnaise, and any number of seasonings and special ingredients. Many cooks are quite adamant that you use homemade mayonnaise, while others start with fresh red peppers and roast them themselves. The original version started out as something quite different, the marriage of cream cheese and canned pimentos to popular and newly available products of the industrial food so tell us about this, Clint. So as a young man, would would your uh, parents or your aunt or someone make this while or you... Or an uncle. Or an uncle, whoever it might be, maybe make you some of this. You stick it on some dry bread and you get yourself on uh, King Kong. Mm. No, what is that called, that game? With the what? barrels? Oh, Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Now, that's a good game, I know. Although I could see Clint on a massive gorilla, to be honest. Yeah. So tell us... <laughs> Yeah, no, pretty much all of the above. All, all the family members, friends, anywhere really that served uh, something for lunch. You know, pimento cheese sandwiches were pretty common. And literally just pimento cheese on a sandwich. Sometimes you would add a meat, sometimes not. Other times it would just be out uh, on the table for Sunday afternoon lunch or something. And yeah, dipped in crackers or topped on top of meats. I rather like it on different types of fish. But uh, ah, yeah, we've not actually established geographically where where you are, have we, Clint? Whereabouts are you in the country? See, I'm uh, in North Carolina in the U.S. So down in the southeast, I uh, used to live in sort of the middle part of the state, the Piedmont area, and then uh, yeah, moved over to the western part. I'm up in the Appalachian Mountains now. So, Is so it, where you? Oh, I'm sorry, William. I was just going to say where where you're from as a child. That's kind of a local delicacy, pimento cheese. Is that right? Yeah, it's very much known for that. Anytime I've gone or you know had had friends down to the the area, and they see pimento cheese on local menus and on top of sandwiches and different types of dishes. They, everybody just what is that? Like, why would you put pimentos in? What is this? So it's a uh, something I'd never realized that was regional until uh, adulthood. <laughs> well, let me tell you, Clint. It was actually in the eighteen seventies in New York State where farmers started making a soft unripened cheese modelled after the French Neufchâtel. Within a few decades, at least five New York companies were marketing it as American Neufchâtel. 
And uh, they soon introduced cream cheese, a variant uh, made by mixing cream of Neufchatel curd and moulding it into blocks in small rectangular wood forms. Um, though produced primarily in New York, cream cheese somehow became linked with the city of Philadelphia. Of course. And, and the New York-based uh, Phoenix Cheese became the market leader in its Philadelphia brand cream cheese, which was later acquired by the Kraft Cheese Company. Now, that's basically a history of uh, cream cheese. Lovely reading. Which uh, sometimes is used in pimento cheese. Yes, which... because in Britain, um, mm-hmm. there is a very famous, probably the most famous cream cheese is simply called Philadelphia. Philadelphia cream cheese. Mm. Now, um, do you, did you live near uh, Raleigh? I lived uh, about two and a half hours. I'm about six hours from there now. Yeah. All right. Because me and Dom went there once, very close to there, when I had uh, uh, gallstones, of all things, cunt. Oh, wow. And yeah. uh, there was a, 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 a natural physician there that me and Dom went to see. I don't know why Dom went, because he didn't have gallstones. Well, I'll tell you, I'm, I uh. went simply because I'm a wonderful, supportive human, and my friend was in physical uh, distress, and I thought, I'll take him down there, and I will go through the same amount of physical distress that he'll go through, even though I didn't have gallstones. So all of the things that Billy had, like hot baths and things being shoved straight up his ass. Animals. Stuff thrown down his throat and stuff in his ears and clay rubbed all over him. I did that too, simply as a show of camaraderie, which is another French word, I think. And um, I almost passed out, didn't I, at one point? At one point, Dom had uh, a tobacco enema, of all things, cunt. (laughs) And uh, it it took 20 minutes to get the tobacco up there. Mm Mm-hmm. And it took about three seconds to get it out, and he was he went straight to bed. We were supposed to be going to the cinema to see uh, rear rear window of yeah. all things. Well, I looked at my rear window that night, and it was a hell of a state. <laughs> he couldn't get himself out of bed, could you? No, I was in hell. It and was... there was no need for him to do it. He didn't have any gallstones. I just did it for you, William, because um, you know I'm one of those great guys. And all I wanted was a, a Gallagher machine. Mm. $1,400. <laughs> and then eventually Billy had his gallstones taken out. There were two absolute whoppers about the size of Marafat peas. And I said, you should definitely turn them into earrings for your wife. And you've still not done that yet, have you? Do you know one day, but now that you've reminded me how supportive you were Thank during you. that time, I think I'll get them made into little necklaces that me and you could wear. Yeah. And then when we're old and we meet in a bar, we'll clink my stones together. Oh. And then not we'll buy each other a little drink and have a... A nice sandwich and pimento cheese. That's lovely. I've also got a pierced ear, as you know, so it works as an earring for me too. Well, should we have a little taste of this? Clint, have you got any at home? Or are you just going to watch us eat in a slightly I creepy way? I suppose I'm going to watch. I don't have any in here now. Okay. Right, well, watch this just thing, watch Clint. You'll eat. enjoy this. Watch, watch, I, I watch, watch this, Clint. Watch. Very closely. Cheesy. Mm, definitely cheesy. I mean, it's... Um, it, it sticks, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It has a similar consistency to, I would say, a damp peanut butter. It's about right. It's like, um, it's uh, it's neither hot nor cold, is it? It's... Uh... Yeah, typically a room <laughs> temperature sort of spread. Yeah, and a sort of, a sort of, if I had a, a dull flavor, quite a dull Mm-hmm. Something There's happens. not a lot. Yeah, that's why I like having it on on other things. You know, very uh, spiced up <laughs> types of uh, sandwiches or yeah. crackers or anything. It needs it needs 
It needs a slice of ham or something. It needs a fish. It needs slice a of ham. It needs a herring. Clint, yeah, I, I don't I know s- if you've seen I this phenomenon, uh, Clint, with men. Uh, I've seen it, and I, I really hope that I don't get to this point in my life. But men seem to get to a, an age where they just think, when I'm eating, I'm going to get most of the food around the sides of my face, and I just won't really care about it. And Billy has reached <laughs> that point. He didn't used to be uh, like that. When I first met him during Lord of the Rings, he never had stuff all over his face. And now, it's awful. He gets stuff all over his face and just leaves it there. I think you just don't. You don't seem to care anymore. I don't. And I missed a piece of my beard today, Clint, and uh, it's went grey. And I keep thinking it's a piece of white something on the bottom of my chin. So I've been rubbing <laughs> yeah. it. I wish I had a napkin for you, but I don't. Wow. Hold on. Yeah. Right, That's good. Be- right, go okay. On. I'm going to have one more bite before we start giving it scores. Me too. Me too. No, that's just very nice of John to make this for us, wasn't it? Yeah, well done, actually, John. I would, well, I'm not going to critique it yet, John, but you right, know me on. and spice are like a little chili pepper. It kind of, um, I don't know why, but it sort of gives me the bulk. Mm. Makes mm. me feel like <laughs> I'm, I might be sick, cunt. This might bring down the scores slightly. Yeah, are you gonna I can do see a- why. Are you going to do a little bit of a blur, Bills? I don't know what else is interesting about this. I mean, it's made I mean, with cream I mean John's giving us pages and pages over here. Yeah, I don't know how to with this. I mean, he's at, he's at 2003. My I don't God's... know if it's because you do retro gaming. He wanted to do retro history of cheese. One of the he's sentences been... here starts, before World War II. I was like, <laughs> what? Is that about cheese? <laughs> well, right here he's went, in 1899, the editors of Boston Cooking School magazine. Editing, John, editing. John. Um, Wait a minute, hold on. Let's in 2003 we've got to the, there was a pimento cheese invitational in Oxford, <laughs> Mississippi. There was 300 entrants. My goodness. Cheese. Oh, I'll read a little bit here. This is interesting. Pimento right. cheese has now been transformed into a, a sort of spicy all-purpose condiment that can add an instant southern touch to just about any dish. Chefs stuff quail with it, tuck it inside of omelets, slather it between two fried green tomatoes. Or make modern pan-southern snacks, creations never seen in the 20th century South. The basic sandwich is still the best way to enjoy pimento <laughs> cheese today. If you want to get really fancy, slice off the crusts, <laughs> cut the breads in diagonals, which means you get more bread, I, I remember I told you, into quarters to create little tiny triangles, stack them high on top of each other, lay them out in a buffet line and watch them disappear. John, that was charming. Really Absolutely was charming. charming. So, so basically, everywhere you go around where you live, Clint, and, and you went to some days for lunch, there was going to be some of this pimento cheese, is there? Should we get a close-up? Absolutely. It looks like yeah. vomit. And would, I mean... As, um, <laughs> kind um, of we, haven't, we haven't given it its, its, its scores yet, but Dom... It's not my favourite thing I've ever eaten. Well, if it makes you uh, almost vomit every time you try it, I would say yes. <laughs> definitely drop down in scores. But let's let's score it because I think it's a surprising thing. Actually, I quite like it. I've had three bites. I've had four, but every one is is is, is activating my gag reflex. It's, that's been in the fridge. Yeah, but I think I'll tell you what. I think it may be getting worse. <laughs> that that would, if it was at room temperature, maybe slightly baked in the sun, a little drippy. Let's give it some scores. Flavour and or taste out of 10. I mean, it's a strange... Mm-hmm, it's a mysterious taste. Like, it's not a, it's not a nice taste, but I, I go back to it, you know? I feel like, I feel like a, a dog licking beetroot. 
Mm. You I know, think... where you kind of like, oh, I don't like that, but I'll, I'll keep coming back to it. Mm. Do we think that it would give you really bad breath? Oh, definitely give you bad breath. Right. Yeah, like a like Horrible a, a, a a mature kind yeah. of charred kind of taste in your mouth. Yeah, like an old uncle old, who, yeah. who like boiled eggs and cigars. Oh god, he sounds awful. Is that Uncle Tony? <laughs> oh god. Right. No. Well, taste. Right, taste. Come on. No, I've, I can only give it a four. I can only because I like cheese. I like peppers. I like cream cheese, but and I like John. But whatever well, of course the, we like John. The four of them together has just created something truly yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's monstrous. Well, okay. I'll give it a three. It's dropped oh, to a three. Okay, well, I'll give it a four then, because I, I think I like it a little bit more than you. Now, this is where it's in trouble. Aesthetics, the look of the beast. It looks like something that a cat has uh, thrown up in an alleyway. <laughs> and John, quite, quite magnificently, has placed it in a, a green... Plastic container, mm. which I don't think is helping much. Have you seen The Exorcist? You know that moment where she, <laughs> the, the little girl goes, I've got a secret to tell you. What's your, what's your secret? What is it? Well, the secret was, I'm going to vomit all over your face. Right. It looks it looks like that. Right. Mm. Aesthetics, it's, it's low scores for me. I'm giving it a 1.5. Yeah, aesthetics, uh, I mean... Uh... It's colours that shouldn't be together, is it? No, uh, no I can only give it a, 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 a 2.7. And like you said as well, in a green bowl. And in a, a green bowl. <laughs> a green bowl. Green bowl. And then usefulness. Well, Clint. this is where it's going to jump up, actually, for me. Because what could you do with a pimento cheese that you couldn't do with other cheeses? What would you do with it, it's, John? It's well, the spreadable nature. Yes. It, I mean, you could spread it on anything, really, couldn't you? Meat, yeah, fish, salmon. Let me just, try it with a cracker. Take I'd a, like it. a dollop uh, and slab it onto anything you need that needs just a you, little more cheese, a little more Well, cream. you know what I think would benefit from it is, you know those, you know those, are you all right? No, he's not liked it. He spat that out. <laughs> First time in the show up to now that he's actually spat something out. He's rejected it physically. The, the cracker is worse than the cheese. Yeah, the crackers taste like chemicals, don't they? It does, doesn't it? It tastes like awful. It tastes like licking a, an old Xerox machine or something. Yeah, we don't like that. But you know, I was thinking with this, what this needs, I think, is a little bit of sharpness, or maybe a little vinegar. So maybe those pickled fish. Do you know, like like cafilter fish, or maybe even a boccaroni from. Bless you. Uh, thank you. From Spain, that dipped in it might actually uh, help. Yeah, it needs a zing. A zing, exactly. I'd like a little bit more chili pepper in there, but that's just a personal thing. Can I take it to a football game in a, in a kind of refrigerated uh, ice pack thing? Probably. So it's difficult because I'm saying I don't like the flavor. I don't know. I don't think I like how it looks, but I feel as if... I could use it in a lot of things. Yeah, because so does it get high? Score yeah, I think. Well, you have to. You have to take each uh, voting system on uh -huh. its own merits. And versatility has nothing to do with the taste. It's how many ways can you use it. I think it is quite versatile. Okay, then, Dom. I think it's versatile as well. I'm going to have to give it a bad. Don't let the taste come in. Don't let all the right, fact that you, right. you physically chucked it up onto your plate. Have eight point eight, eight two. Good. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say about the same. I'll give it a I'll give it an eight for versatility. It's a low scoring. One. And I and I feel bad, but you know we've got to be an honest an honest podcast, and I don't like to bring down anything that no, John's no done. And he spent time 
making that. And that's, I think that's fair. He could have went out and just bought something mm-hmm. from a store, but he mm-hmm. made us something. But he made us something shit. Taters. <laughs> so you have you have to be honest, right, Glenn? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Honest, I mean, yeah. I would expect no less. If I if I was around North Carolina and I was going to people's houses and that was on the table, I probably wouldn't take much of it wow. unless it was with a a nice sharp vinegary vinegary fish. fish. But imagine you went to like someone's party and it's a hot summery day and mm. this had been out on the counter for a few hours and when you went to get yeah. it it separated so you've got like a very yeah. thin see-through viscous liquid kind of just pouring off the bottom of it i think that's kind of food poisoning hell am i making you feel better or worse worse sorry billy sorry well, right. we should move on hey clint, clint. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for bringing something so disgusting to the show Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Very welcome. <laughs> My pleasure. But before, before we let you go, please let everyone know where they can see your uh, channel and what you're talking about, old games and old computer systems, including the Dragon 32. Mm. Uh, where can they see that? And primarily, uh, I am on YouTube, so just search for LGR on there, and uh, you'll find me there. Um, that's where all of my content goes. Otherwise, it's just... Uh, LGR on Twitter and Facebook, everywhere else. But yeah, YouTube videos, I try to get one of those every week and it's always something different. So it could be a computer one day, a game the other day, or sometimes I'm just looking at an old answering machine or something like that. So yeah, oh, it's LGR. Brilliant. It's, a, it's a brilliant channel, which harkens back to, I think, more simpler days with computers where instead of it being headsets and mouse mats and, you know, all these kind of newfangled stuff, it's just you maybe a bag of wine gums, and you just try to shoot an alien craft. Exactly. Just me and you holding on to each other's joysticks, just going like hell at each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Clint, it's been fantastic having you on. Thanks a lot for um, all of your wonderful uh, tips and advice about how to be a gamer in the 24th century. <laughs> <laughs> Near enough, Tom. Thank you very much, Glenn. That was brilliant. We'll ho- we hope to see Thank you, you back in the Friendship Onion soon. All the best, mate. Thank see you, ya, Clint. Bye-bye. Bye. See ya. Bye. Well. There we are, Tom. No, I was saying, do you feel well after that sandwich? I don't feel 100%, to be honest. It's sat around about here. I'm always nervous about foods that don't want to make their way directly to the stomach. They want to sit in the throat, just saying, would you like to bring that back up or would you like to take it downwards? I'd like to take it downwards at this point. Yeah, it's better. I mean, it's halfway down. It's, it may as well do the full path and get itself out of there. It wasn't the greatest, but that's what makes the world go around in terms of Billion Dom Eat the World. We don't always want to be... Uh, eating and drinking things that we absolutely love. Sometimes we just want to be eating and drinking curiosities. And with that in mind, at some point in the not-too-distant future, Billy, we will be drinking a famous liqueur from Chicago called Malort, which I am reliably informed tastes like cat's piss. (laughs) We'll be doing that soon. Anyway, that was a good good show, that. I I love the show. I love, I really took me back to 1983, Cran Hill in Glasgow, Scotland. Me sitting there just playing my Atari. I loved it. Mm, it was fantastic to see that little twinkle in your eye when he remembered, well, reminded you of the name. Is it the Dragon 23? The Dragon 32. 32. Oh, it was backwards. Yeah. And if you want to get me for my birthday a Gallagher machine, I'd love that, John. <laughs>
That's the you, the viewer, not the you, the host. No, you, Dom. Oh, that's a shame. Well, listen, thanks a lot for tuning in. Hey, Dom. Hey. I love this new Billy and Dom Eat the World set. Me too. I'm loving the new studio. I love the new studio too. But it means that we have a new address, so if you want to send us something, the new address is below. Don't send it to the old address. We won't get it. No, we won't. So if you've got anything to send, send it to the new address. You'll see it below wherever it is you're watching. Show notes. Show, Show notes. notes. And uh, we'll see you next week. It's true. Toodles. On the Friendship Onion. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.